Episode 37, All-Star Popularity Contest, if you're from LA or Golden State. <laughs> My name's Harry. I'm in the studio with... Ben. I'm here as well. Uh, we have so much to talk about. Where in are we the, starting? In the flesh. In the hey, flesh. In the studio. Mom. I did it. I went and picked up Ben from his house. Are you proud of me? <laughs> Till I got my car back. Uh, I, that's, a, that's a whole story. I got so much smack talk to me about being too lazy to go get you. <laughs> I, could, could I just say that my mum actually listens... Like, my mum doesn't listen to every single podcast we do, but of course the one that she did listen to was the one where I talked about being too lazy to go get you. So she's bagging you out now. We've got the studio. We have to use it. So uh, yeah. it's good to be here. Good to be here. I'm excited. A lot's happened over when we last chatted. Yeah. We, th- I don't even know where to start, but I want to start off. I, I want to point us in one direction. Can we talk about Dono? Yeah, I think I was going to say, we've got to start with Dono, surely. What a game. I mean, the news is already well and truly circulated, but can we just talk about how impressive this, this was? Drops 71 points. In a comeback win. In a comeback win of all things as well. I mean, yeah, you don't need to check your sound. That was correct. 71 points. Uh, I mean, it was a Kobe-esque performance, dare I say. Dare I, dare I say. Yeah, no, I think I think 71's up there with Kobe and MJ. Like, he's, well, he's put himself up there with Kobe, MJ, Harden at his peak. Yep. Like, uh, what was the... Yeah, he's, he has the third best regular season game score. Yeah. Which is like a combination of all the stats. So he's beating out Harden, who had some pretty crazy regular season games. In Houston, he had some like crazy 60-point games, plus a massive triple-double with it as well. Uh, and yeah, this is third best regular season game score behind Kobe and MJ. I mean, pretty high company right there. Can, can we... How hype... So Cleveland are only in fourth. They're mm. two and a half games behind. Yep. But I keep seeing good games out of these guys. Like, yep. I wish they were a little bit more consistent. But even if you look at the last couple, like they beat the Suns twice, they beat the Bulls twice, Bucks, Mavs. Uh, I think the consistency has been pretty good. A little little fact I want to point out too is that he dropped 71. He goes off. So just for context as well, uh, they were trailing in this game, hit some huge shots down the, down the straight, and kind of like Doncic did the previous week, had the free throw, misses it, gets it off the rim behind like Dude. two other players and gets a really tough shot to put it back in. So insane shot, sends it to OT where he just goes off for even more points, uh, brings up to 71. But the thing that I love is in the next game, uh, I think they were tied or down one point. He drives in, draws all the defense and then cheeky little dish over to Evan Mobley. He splashes it. Like he's, s- he's facilitating and hitting these points too. That clip was so good. So clean. It was, it was just simple play. Everyone was team play. War- I remember watching that. I'm glad I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Dono drives in, draws everyone and Mobley yeah. just does a nice little cut like on the free throw line. Yeah. And he just goes straight up, nails it. And I'm one, I'm glad that Dono like saw that opportunity. Yep. But two, I'm also glad that Mobley got the chance to to be the man. Like, you know, like the more people that can take clutch shots, the better. Hundred percent. I was about to get onto that as well. And like dare I throw some shade at my own own team, the Jazz, but 
this is what Dono has to work with now. He's got a team with multiple options. Can you imagine if he's driving, he's had a 71-point game. I don't know if he would on the Jazz, but he hasn't got the same options if he was still on, in Utah. He hasn't got those same I options. I think that was to, always to, the problem. Yeah, exactly. It was only a two-man game. Yeah, And 100%. Rudy, it was him and Rudy were the two. The, Rudy's the, very one-dimensional. And he doesn't have the versatility of Mobley or even Allen, really. So, yeah, having all those options, Dono can have these big games when he needs to, but when... The whole team's are firing. Like he's looking. Like look, he was very good in Utah. Very good. Yeah. He's had a. He's had a couple. Uh, remind me. He's had a couple I mean, of All Star selections, I think, hasn't he? Yeah. I think he's had. I think two or three now. I think two. He was um, in Utah. He was very good in Utah. Yeah. But he's. I. I didn't. I thought he'd play better with the Cavs. Obviously, you mm. play better when you're with better teammates. But the step up that he's had is higher than I thought. Yep. I think, honestly, he went from kind of like fringe all-star, like kind of like Rudy and him were maybe 12th pick on each of those teams through to now him being absolute lock. Like, it would be crazy for him not to make an all-star appearance this year. So, yeah, I think you well, can... I, I think he's showing all the things that we criticized him for in Utah yep. are all the things he's doing now. Yep. It's been <laughs> funny how that works. We call some people out for something and then they completely change it on us. Maybe like maybe it's the like again it's the personnel the system mm. maybe it's a bit of everything but the Cleveland seems to suit him a lot better than yeah. the Jazz ever did. I think one of the big calls just to throw back to it was I think his shot selection he wasn't very efficient like he'd still be getting his points but he wouldn't be very efficiently doing it. I think that's because he was really the only major scoring option on that team. I think Cleveland having the options now they can move the ball they can he, get him oh, cleaner looks. So. He's taking way better shots. Yeah, and he's actually impro- he's an improved shooter too. Like props to him. He's obviously been putting the work in because his percentages have gone up too. So he's taking much cleaner shots as well. So. Super exciting. Yeah, pretty So, hard. let's keep it in the East, um, mm. partially in the East. I got to the other day, which is now like a week and a half ago now, mm. but I watched the first Pelicans versus the Philadelphia 76ers game, which was really, really, really interesting because obviously Philly are back. They're in fifth on fifth in the league now after a shocking, shocking start. Yeah. <laughs> The East is normalizing, I think, the way we thought it would. Mm. But we could talk a little bit more about that maybe later if we've got time. But Philly are back in fifth, which is... I thought that'd be a little bit higher, but at least they're sort of normalizing now where they should be at the bare minimum. Yeah. And the Nugget uh, and the Pelicans are sitting in third. They're two and a half games behind now, but they're still near the top. They're still playing incredibly well. And it was such a good game to watch because the first... I would say that... Zion, I think he got like 20 to 30 points. I think he got 30 points off memory. It was a very quiet 30. The first half of the the game, he was getting Giannis walled. Yeah. Every time he touched the ball, there'd be three defenders in his face and he couldn't do much. But Pelicans had other options that got... So they just started using Zion as a big magnet. Yeah. And started passing it to other people. And then McCollum, I think off memory, I keep saying off memory... Off memory, this is the game where McCullen got the Pelicans franchise record for the most threes in the game. 11 three-pointers, yeah. Which was, at, like, McCullen was just unstoppable, and eventually <laughs> they had to stop. But, like, they were properly focusing on Zion, and it was kind of working. Like, the Philly started off very hot, but Pelicans stayed in there, and I think the it was a great game to watch because Zion just wasn't able to do whatever he wanted. He had to really pick his spots a bit more, mm. but... 
he held on, he, he picked his spots, but the second half he really started to pick up when they couldn't keep up the coverage. Yeah. McCollum was going off, they had to ease up, they couldn't just focus on Zion, and then that's when Zion started getting points. Yeah. And started slamming it down. <laughs> and I was so happy to see that because in previous years, the Pelicans have kind of been like, a, oh, our offense is faltering, what do we do? Just chuck it up. Yeah, like we were. I remember last year and the year before, we've been really confused because, like, on paper, it was such a good team, and they just at certain points just couldn't get, especially like near the end of the the quarters or near the end of the game, like they just couldn't get anything to fall. Mm. They had no no reaction to anything except for ISO when in trouble. I think but, part of that though is just the team getting some momentum because they've had Zion out for large chunks of the time. Uh, last season was when they made some of the moves. So now they've had more time to really acclimatize and get used to each other. Now we're starting to see some great chemistry and results. Uh, like, yeah, like you said, Zion's like a big, just gravity well, drawing in the defense, got shooters around him, easy buckets. Can't leave McCollum open too much. Nope. He just lays off. I'm, I don't want to talk this team up too much because I really, really don't want to curse them. <laughs> I really don't. But it was so fun to watch. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, Zion's having a tough time. Like, he was getting... He was not having a fun time with how hard they were defending him. But then McCollum was just like, don't worry, boy, I gotcha. Pew, pew. <laughs> like, it was so fun. But that's the impact Zion has. He's making defenses entirely adjust. Very much like you said, like like Giannis. They're Giannis walling him. Uh, and yeah, I think that's that's when the rest of the team really steps up and supports him. But it's it's great to see the young guys like Grizzlies in second, Pelicans in third. These young teams just like really in their prime now. Uh, and, so it's exciting. And Philadelphia is still this like curious case of Philadelphia. Like some <laughs> days they're just unstoppable, and other days you're just like, bro, this is a first round exit team. Like it's just. Yeah. I can't I can't get a good read on them. Obviously Doc Rivers is the problem. Hashtag fire Doc. <laughs> but I just I just don't get this team. Some days they're absolutely amazing. And other teams that other other teams, other days, they're just really rough. Like Harden's been stepping it up recently. Mm. He's been playing like look, they're seven and three on their last ten, and I think a lot of that has been like Harden's getting that that is getting that more consistent twenty to twenty five a game, which I think is what they need him to do. Yep. But it's and Max is coming back, so like they've been without Max. I just don't get this team. But I do have a quick fun stat mm. that I saw that the Sixers are tied for last in rebounding, and no championship team has been ranked below twenty-five in the last ten years. Mm. Most championship winners are, t- are ranked top half in the league. Yeah, because that's so. something you can't be lazy on. You have to get your boards. So, and it's kind of crazy because they've got Embiid, who's one of the biggest like dominant bigs in the in the game right now. And I mean, Toby. he's. He's yeah. Toby's tall. Yeah, I think I think it's a team effort because I think there's only so much Embiid can do. I mean, he's out there dropping almost 34 points a game on average. He's playing his heart out, so I think I it's think, a team effort. I that, that is what it comes down to. Is that like, look, I love PJ Tucker. He's I think box score wise, what he does on defense doesn't show. Yep. But when he's averaging three shots a game and making one of them, like he's averaging like three points a game. And, like, sure, that's, like, again, defensively, he brings a lot to the table. Yeah. But that's when you look at the spreads for other teams who, like, all of their starters average at least 10 points. Mm. I think that adds up. Like, you can sort of dis... Not discount PJ Tucker, but you know that his first move isn't to shoot the ball. He's going to try and look for for someone else. So you can kind of... 
not dis. You know what I mean? Like you can't like leave him open, but you can't. He's you know? not going to go off for thirty at any game, whereas no, some other starters will. You don't need to clamp him. Bigger games, yeah. Exactly. And I think that's and I think that's what it's come going to come down to. A lot of these teams have great two to three options. It's mm. going to come down to that seven or eight man rotation that you have. The three people coming off your bench and your other starters are crucial. Yep. Absolutely I think, crucial. I think once we see Maxi back, I think we can see a step up from Philly because honestly, even though he's still young, he's only in like his what second, third season. Yeah. I think he brings a lot to this team. Yeah. So Th- Thibel will get less minutes now that Maxley's back. Yeah. And then they've only got sort of because like Thibel's again and more of a defensive person than yeah. offensive. They'll lower Thibel down. Um, Maxley will get more because he's a bit more of a scoring threat. And then PJ Tucker isn't as ouchy when you play him. <laughs> yep. Uh, in the East as well, just quickly, there have been so many big games. We almost get numb to some of these points. We had Luca and Dono and going crazy. But Giannis dropped 55 uh, the other game. He had 45 and 43-point games before that, then dropped 30. And then he had a nine-point game and gets pulled in the third quarter by the coach. Respect. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, prop to, props to Mike Budenholzer for being like, you're not, it's not your night. I'm going to take you off to your I, absolute star player. I love it when coaches do that. Like, I think the Nets coach is the same. He's like, yeah. hey, I have like so many players that deserve to, to close out a game yeah. and I haven't got enough spots. So whoever's playing the best on the night gets the shot. Yeah. I think unless it's like, I don't know, a really clutch situation and you just need Giannis' size on the court, whatever. But other than that, yeah, props for pulling him. If he's not feeling it that night, someone else playing better. Yeah. Fair enough. Absolutely. I think sometimes like some coaches ignore that other players have been playing well to get their stars out. And sometimes I think need to be the bigger man and go, hey, this guy's on fire. Yeah. And you're not. Yeah. Unfortunately, they did lose that game by a significant margin. And it was against Charlotte of all teams, which isn't great. It's to Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, Giannis didn't show up. So that's a big, oh, big chunk of their, their team. But gone. that's a problem. Yeah. That's a like if if Jan, what happens if Giannis has a bad game in the finals? Do they just lose? <laughs> I suppose. I mean, who but who steps up on that team if Giannis is having a bad night? I think the issue was everyone had a bad night because normally your backup options on that team would be, I mean, Drew to some extent, uh, probably Brook Lopez. He can pop some threes if you need the big big splash mountain to do that. Uh, but literally no one showed up. I think is, the the leading scorer was Bobby Portis on the on that oh, with 19 points. After that, it was 12 a, points to Grayson Allen. He's and a nice Lotto. bench piece at best. Yeah. Sorry, so, Bobby. Honestly, it kind of all just fell apart. Um, they kind of threw in the towel. Is, and, and I mean, props to Terry Rozier, who dropped 39 that night. So oh I think Charlotte was having a good game. They have a bad game. So, it, yeah, it bounces out. Scary yeah. Terry. Scary Terry. <laughs> um, is Middleton still hurt? Uh, he wasn't playing the game. So, yeah, I think he's out, out Ooh, again. So That man is so important for the Bucks. Yep. You can see the difference that happens because, yeah, he's pretty much that like option when Giannis isn't on fire. Although he, he's third in the league in points so he's averaging 32 which is pretty crazy but anyway when Giannis isn't hitting Middleton will step up and without him the rest of the team's good pieces but not enough I, to win I disrespect Middleton so often because I don't <laughs> think he's that good but he is pretty good yeah I mean it's weird because he he came from I think the G League like he was an absolute bench warmer 
and then eventually rose into this all-star. So he's a bit of a surprise, honestly, to get to level. He's just a quiet all-star. I don't know. He just doesn't yeah. light me up like other people do. I think, honestly, no disrespect, but I think people forget he was even an all-star. Like, I think two-time all-star. So, yeah, he just kind of goes there, does his job. I'm goes sorry, home, so. bro. Yeah. <laughs> Giannis is just such a bright light. Yeah, I think it's just, yeah, that's the thing. Giannis is such a huge personality uh, and huge player. So, kind of makes him seem a bit smaller. But Buck's still in third currently. Which- um Quickly, on t- in terms of big games, I got to shout out uh, Larry Markkinen had a career high, 49 points. I almost spat my water out when I read that. <laughs> he, and he's had some absolute monster dunks, by the way. Shout out to Larry. Honestly, potential all-star, we'll say, maybe not, because the Jazz have slipped down to 12th now. So like you said earlier, you called it equilibrium. Things are balancing back out. Things are going back yeah. to how they should be. And no offense to the Jazz, they started way better than they should have, uh, starting to bring it back down to earth a little bit more. Uh, do you reckon they're going to stay down there or do you think there could be a bit of a pushback up? Here's the thing, right? They're only 20 and 20 wins and 23 losses. Mm-hmm. They're half a game behind LA and they're one game behind the Trailblazers, Minnesota and the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> Sitting in eighth, yep. And then a game and a half behind the Clippers and Golden State, which gets you up to sixth. So no, I think they're still... Uh, uh, they're very much, I think, a play-in tournament game. Or, dare I say it, they can still compete for sixth. Yeah. I don't think they're out of it yet. They're not that far behind. Yeah, the West is that close. So It's that close that if they can get a good run going, it's completely plausible. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're not going to beat my Rockets for tanking for... <laughs> for Wembyama, be- yeah. Wembyama, so... Look, I don't know. I don't know what you do with the Jazz because I thought they blew it up, and but even when they blow it up, they're still playing well. Marketing. I I wish that the Cavs could somehow uh, somehow have gotten Mitchell without giving up Marketing. Oh, because imagine if he was playing at that level on the Cavs, the Cavs would be unstoppable. <laughs> so <laughs> be crazy. I think he was unfortunately like the best, the the best worst option kind yeah, of the that best they, piece they were willing to give up. So, yeah, I think yeah. it was the best the best decision yeah. but it just sucks to see him balling out so hard yeah. for him to be stuck on the jazz but i mean it's it's good for both teams at least the jazz got a player who's really coming to their own and he's got a chance now to shine and donovan obviously is in a great place now in Cavs. so yeah i think it's a win-win it's so, great yeah uh, i think we got to quickly mention two surprises so real quick golden state warriors up in six i personally didn't think they'd be making Seventh. such a push uh i think as of today i think they've jumped up to six now so Depends Bruh. if you're looking at ESPN or the current NBA website. I think including today's game because ESPN takes a little bit to update. Wow. So, yeah, they've actually jumped up to six. To be fair, they're, they're like both at 50% with the Clippers. ESPN get good. Yeah. It depends. It also depends on tiebreakers. So they're pretty much six. Oh, tied. I guess they're both six. No- yeah, yeah, I guess they're... Uh, but honestly, they've they've made a bit of a bit of a step up. They've been a bit more consistent. But then they lost to the Magic the other day, bro. <laughs> yeah. Can't tell me that they're getting better and then they lose to the Magic and the Detroit and the Detroit Pistons. Which, to be fair, Sadiq Bay hit a crazy three pointer to win that. One of those teams beat them at home. Yeah. That might have been both. I don't remember now. Yeah. Hold up. And the Warriors have been pretty solid at home because they've been garbage on the road. Uh, but no, I think it was actually... Um, Dude, they the lost to the Pistons and the Magic at home. Dude! 
Uh, yeah, I guess they've decided to be bad at home as well now. Dude, uh, you cannot stop me from saying that the Golden State Warriors are hashtag the Golden State Pretenders. <laughs> well, I guess we, we still called it then, right? Like, even though they've moved up in the in the standings, they're yeah, kind of blowing, look, blowing they played games. Well, they, blowing. Look, but it's, like, it's the same thing. It's like they played against the Hawks, the Trailblazers, the Jazz, the Hornets. I expect you guys to beat those teams. Yeah. It's a bit of an easier, easier. Beating run. the Grizzlies, I'll, I'll I'll admit that's a good win. But then before that, they lost the Nets and the Knicks and the 76ers and the Bucks and the Pacers, who somehow still don't like to lose and don't know how to tank. Yeah, I'm still calling it. The Pacers are doing better than expected. Pacers should be trash. <laughs> they should be, but they're oh. not. So uh, look, it's great that the Golden State Warriors are six. Good on them. They're still a first round exit. Yeah, I still say that the first round exit. They're yeah. still pretenders until they can show a bit more consistency. Yeah, did uh, did you see? There's been a clip circulating of um from the conference finals last year against Grizzlies, mm. and Steph Curry was like, BMing Jar and Brooks like after like the fourth game or something. Like he he literally like, after the game it ended, he walked up and was like, "Eh, how's it going? You like like it was being an absolute, uh." Lots of rude words. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Oh my goodness! I'll, I'll have to show you afterwards. It uh, honestly, my my uh, my perception. What, what's the word I'm looking for here? My opinion of the Golden State Warriors has been very steadily dropping this year. I've been very disappointed in how they've been carrying themselves. Yeah. But that clip of Steph, my goodness. And honestly, I was gonna say their win against the Grizzlies, I think is, is a bit of a grudge match because they're starting to get that beef with the Grizzlies it team. It is, look. Which look, I kind of like to see, to look, be honest. Look, it's a beef match. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Even if, like, Jar's like, it can't be a beef match if uh, if we're being blown out. <laughs> but, but after a game and coming to, like, go, like, you know, what's the, uh, goad, is that the word, goad? Yeah. Goad, goad someone for losing. Yeah, that for me, like when the moment the whistle plays, I'm I'm very competitive. I think like smack mm. talking is fine, being competitive is fine yep. to a certain level. But the moment the whistle ends and the game's over, like that's it. Like you need to be like humble, yeah. respectful. I think that's when the sportsmanship needs to kick in. You can't be like trash talk in game. Sure, go for it. It's be, part of the game. Be absolutely, like, you know, be absolutely wild in the game. Yeah, but after this the is game, the NBA. Yeah. I think, but after the NBA, after the game, though, you've got to. I, I think you've got to be humble and respectful. And at the end of the day, like both teams, like if, if you've given your all, like you should be respectful. And I did not like seeing that clip of him yeah. literally like walking up to a defeated jar and being like hey how's it going yeah we good and it's just like bro right. we've discussed that like balance between like cockiness and then just rudeness and i think it yeah goes too far past that uh, a lot of the time so yeah and i guess i guess here's the question right because you've been a fan with the nba longer than me so i don't know much about kobe mm-hmm. would kobe uh, the question is I know for a fact that Kobe would have been the loudest talker during the game. He's had some good moments. (laughs) Would Kobe have smack-talked someone after a game? No. No. Like, I'm not even the biggest Kobe fan, but straight up, no. Like, in the game, he will be getting in your head more than any other player would. absolutely. But after the game, no. I feel like it's all respect after the game. At least that's my opinion. 
I might be I, wrong, I, but might, I, I feel like Kobe I just know. would. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't watching the NBA when Kobe was around. Yeah, you at it's least. a it's a different type of competitive. Like he's he's going to be trash talking you all game. He's going to oh, be absolutely. right up in your grill. As soon as the game is over, it's nothing but respect. So, so that, that's that's kind of what I've been like. Because I, I know MJ was a bit of a trash talker as oh, well. Yeah. But I, when when things happen, like the way I try and rationalize it is like, what would Kobe have done? Yeah, because yeah, I think because like he was because yeah. he was like lit like. Uh, like outside of him and MJ, I think he was crazier than MJ. I think, well, M- MJ, I've, I've, I feel like MJ's one of the goats for trash talk on court. I think MJ would also trash talk like after the game, whereas <laughs> I feel like Kobe had a little bit more restraint. Like, See, it's a bit more. I think Kobe talked a lot during. Uh, when I talk about like, like he talked a lot on the field, but like yeah. in practice and stuff, like he would oh, yeah. trash his teammates as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like he him had and these MJ standards. Both like that, yeah. And I don't think MJ ever got that bad. Like he was like, mm. MJ was pretty bad too. The, both, yeah. the two of them both have that mentality that's just like absolute drive to win at all costs. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, anyway. I can't. But I just I don't think I just don't think that that Kobe would be like rubbing your face in it after a game. No, no, not not. No, I think that that's important. I think that's important. No, uh, I hate talking about the same teams over and over. But we have to quickly touch on the Lakers because they are on a five game win, five game win streak at the moment. Oh, I just, uh. <laughs> is this the curse of opinions again? Why can't they just stay bad? My life is so <laughs> much more enjoyable when they're bad. Yeah, I don't know. Got a five game win streak, and we've been talking a lot of smack to. To be fair, it was actually very funny. Today, a rumor came out that apparently LeBron mm. is frustrated with uh, the Lakers and he wants to get traded to the Nets. Wow. <laughs> Which, I don't know who you'd trade for. I, I don't know how you'd make the salaries work because I think, personally, I think LeBron gets paid a little bit too much for what... Well, it's, you know mm, what? It's, it's a tough not, one. though, because he's getting really good. He got a 30-point game the other day. I, when he was slowing down a little bit last year, I thought him getting as much money as he was was going to hurt the team mm. because him getting as much money as he can means there's less roster flexibility. Like, he could have taken a 10 mil pay cut yeah. and they could have got another decent role player or two role players mm. for, like, five five to 10 mil a piece, right? Yeah. But he took more money, which... Does he need it? That That's the thing that's always <sighs> confused doesn't, doesn't me. Need it, but he's very very smart outside of basketball like yeah. money wise so he's I'm just, gonna take what he can get i'm just confused why some of these like max player people don't take more pay cuts more often because to get like do you want to win yeah i i think it's it has happened in the past i think some players have been willing to take a bit of a drop took a pay just cut to, this year yeah i think yeah actually was it i can't remember which team it was but some of those super teams like it's like how do they fit them all on the payroll some something has to give so yeah. I think in the past occasionally and I happens. thought I thought LeBron wanted to win which yeah. is why I was surprised when he got as much money as he could for the next two years I mean to his credit he's still balling like he's yeah. still no uh, he's balling he, he deserves it but I'm you just you think the trade-off to improve the team as a whole be worth yeah. it and yeah I, I agree with that but, that's fair but the Lakers have been playing pretty well yeah I mean to be fair they've had easier games they played the Hawks uh, the Hornets the Heat the Hawks again, and then the Kings. So they haven't had the hardest games. But, uh, uh, and look, they've, they've only the, just squeezed out some of those wins too. Look, Kobe's rolling in his grave. They're like celebrating winning a five-game win streak against nobodies. <laughs> but look, it's still a five-game win streak. Yep. So that rumor came out. 
mm. about LeBron wanting to go to the Nets, and he pretty much tweeted straight away that he was happy where he was. He's focusing on his game and improving the people around him, and that management it's management's job to worry about roster movements. Fair enough. Which, Honestly, the rumor sounds a little far-fetched. Like, if I was LeBron, I'd want to leave too, but the idea of, like, picking teams that he'd be going to, I think that's a bit unrealistic. At oh, this no, point. I think that's completely so. realistic. <laughs> That's that, that's what all stars do. They they tell you which teams they want to go to. I yeah. I think that regardless, he's he's made his bed and he has to sleep in it. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing that I think is unrealistic is he's not going to go anywhere. I, I don't think, think so. If you ask him, would you like to meet a different team? He'd be like, sure. I'd like to play on the Nets with KD. Like, <laughs> I think everyone would. Yeah. But I think also he knew what he was doing when he signed for another two years. He yeah. want. We've said this before. He wanted to stay in LA for family. He doesn't want to go somewhere else. Yeah. So. Uh, I just think it's funny that he says that he doesn't have a hand in roster decisions. When he, he I has think he influence. clearly has his hand he in has the honey influence. pot. Just a little too much. <laughs> I'm sorry, Russ, but that was a very, <laughs> very bad trade. That oh, man. for a, I think I'm pretty sure Russ is a clutch client, right? Uh, oh, good question. But I'm a, pretty sure you think a lot I'm, of those moves. Three are, quarters uh, of the Lakers team is clutch clients. Coincidence that Quinky dinks. Yeah. So the the Lakers have been playing well. Screw you. I'm still not worried. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a playoff team, but it's interesting. They're in eleventh. Yeah. Or do I say now that they're going to play really well and go playoffs? Because then it'll jinx it, and then they won't make it. <laughs> it's always the curse. What What was oh, my man. bet? Did I say playoffs? Uh. I'm pretty sure... Actually, we haven't technically made an official locked-in... Oh, yeah. No, no, I've just said they won't make the semis. Semi, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was semis, I think. Yeah, yep. sorry. It was conference semis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident with that still. Yep. Yeah. Maybe we... Because, oh, yeah, no, I think there's still a good chance that they could make play-in and then first round, but I don't think I don't think they'll make it out of the first round. No. They're on the fringe at the moment. Like, they definitely have the personnel to make the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, play in, <laughs> play debate, but look, yeah. look, it could happen. On paper, okay, on paper, their team is good enough to make the play-ins. Yeah, play-ins, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm being nice here. I'm yeah. being really nice to the right, with, with healthy AD, yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's just whether he's healthy or not. Yeah. yeah. Overall, like, yeah, like, yeah. So it's plausible, but yeah, no, there's no way they're yeah. making the sense. We don't need to get the icy hot out just yet. So. I'm safe. <laughs> I'm pretty confident. Uh, how are we going for time? Should we be up to uh, some hot sauce? We're we're almost at the hot sauce. Okay. Can we just we we talked to, uh, about the nets very quickly before? Yeah. And I just want to read out a stat that I saw on Reddit, which is hilarious. The nets are now nineteen and three when Ben Simmons doesn't make a free throw. They are one and seven when he makes a free throw. I mean, correlation equals causation. We should definitely make sure Simmons doesn't make any more free throws ever again, and the nets will be on fire. That's how it works, yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Look, that. The, the Nets are doing pretty well at the moment. They're, yeah. They've shut up to like second now, third, Yeah, second? I think they're currently at the moment sitting in second. Uh, it's, I mean, look, it's still pretty close up the top. Um, the way that Boston have been inconsistent, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets jump up to first. Well, Boston were like six games ahead, weren't they? Oh, they had a big lead, but they've they've dropped a lot of like subpar games recently so i could see the nets moving up I, first but it, it still it, it goes along with the west thing that like it's still super open on both yeah. sides i think really you could say the top five okay maybe not the kings mm. for the western conference uh but outside of the kings like, al- like almost the top six for both conferences could be a plausible 
conference final, yeah. NBA final contender. 100%. Uh, I think a big factor, though, as of today, uh, in the Heat versus uh, Nets game, uh, we had Jimmy Butler go up for a shot, get blocked by Simmons, and Jimmy on the way down collides with KD, uh, who goes down holding his knee. So at the moment, he's being he's, assessed, I think. He's down for an MRI. Yep. He said that KD didn't feel that bad after the game. It's just a precautionary MRI. Mm. So, so uh, fingers crossed, it's uh, it's actually not, not too bad because we've seen KD on the sidelines for way too long. So he's hopefully he's healthy. Yep. So I just want to quickly talk that... Um, he uh, So Ben Simmons at the moment is averaging eight points a game. I'll round him up. I'll round it up. Seven rebounds, six assists at 59% field goal. Which, look, honestly, for a role player, isn't terrible. However, he's a max contracted player. Yeah. <laughs> he's a very expensive role player. Yeah. So, look... I still, I still think Ben has more to give. It's a very look. I think the Nets team's really exciting. Like everyone's kind of popping off at the moment. People are playing well, so Ben Simmons doesn't really need to do much more than ten points a game. And obviously, he's here for more for his defense, contributes in and more rebounding points, yeah. and assisting. So I don't want to completely like points isn't everything, but I think I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Yeah, keep it a soft encouragement. Yeah, you're not rubbish. I'm glad you're playing. I'd just like to see a little bit more. Yeah, I think we're we're seeing a change in mindset. At least he's definitely playing more aggressive. Oh yeah, uh, getting in there and he looks looking a bit more like his old self. He looks a lot less skittish. Yeah, is the word I'd use. Yep. Before when he started the season, he looked like not afraid, but like like that if he dropped the ball, it would shatter. <laughs> it looked like he was trying to play basketball with like a glass ball. Mm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I look. I think. Baby steps, baby steps. I think, yeah, at this point, you maybe want to see a bit more from him, but it's honestly the Nets are winning, so you can't argue with that. Exactly. As long as the team team's still performing. Kyrie well, so. hasn't done anything too crazy yet. and He had a great putback dunk, though. Bench oh went wild. My <laughs> goodness. That was. Uh, he was like in the. He, he was like in the press conference being like, yeah, I just thought people were disrespecting me and like <laughs> didn't remember that I could dunk. Yeah, and sleeping on my athleticism. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what? I agreed with that. I was like, yeah. talk your talk your smack, bro. That like, after that after that dunk, he can talk a bit of smack, yeah. in my opinion. It was nice. And I think because Kyrie, the way Kyrie finishes, like he doesn't usually like you know the way how he like finishes with like the it's finesse it's never it's like aggression finesse. and power but I think so people do now. I feel like with the all-star voting uh, the early preliminary which fan votes in ridiculous ridiculous I, I feel like we've got to talk about that we've got to talk Let's, about that Let's talk about the the West because this is, I think, where we're mainly upset by is the West. West is predominantly the West. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, yeah, pretty much the earliest votes are in uh, from the fans and it goes through the top uh, 10 in front court, back court for each conference. Uh, the West is pretty much dominated by Golden State and the Los Angeles Lakers, both of which, well, actually the Golden State Warriors have kind of stepped up a little bit, but these two teams are were barely in playoff contention and had about four or five players from each roster so, represented, so, including Austin Reeves 
and uh, yeah, inc- including some of the bench players. It's like, what's going on here, guys? Let, let's run through. So for Golden State, you've got Andrew Wiggins, which I'm okay with Andrew Wiggins being up there. Yep. Draymond Green gets a fat no from me. No. Kevin Looney Ooh. gets a maybe. No, he's not an all-star. No, yeah, okay. I mean, no, he does his job nice. well, but he's not an all-star. Steph, yes. Yep. Steph is yes. He's yep. just going to make it regardless. Yep. Clay Thompson is a big fat no. Not this season. I'm no. sorry. One 30-point game does not make you an all-star. No, not this um, season. And Jordan Poole, yes. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, I I'll see accept that. that. Yeah. But Clay and Draymond and Kevin Looney, absolutely not. Andrew Wiggins, maybe. But yeah, he has a case. Look, I'll, the- I'll give I'll give Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, like, they have a case. They have a case, yeah. Steph, yes, but the yeah. rest, no. No way. But more importantly, this is six players from one team that was barely even in playoff contention at time of voting. Yep. And then we have the Lakers, <laughs> which at the time of voting were 12th, right? Now they're 11th. They haven't gone that much Yeah, higher. they've taken one step up. Uh, LeBron... Yes. Sure. Yeah. Of no. Course. No. He's balling. Sure. He, he deserves it. Absolutely. Like, can't be mad at that. Ad. No. Healthy. Maybe. Absolutely injured, not. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Healthy. He'd have a case. Uh, Austin Reeves. No. No. Like he's playing great for, for what his role is, but not an all star. We're talking about all star here, and then Russell Westbrook. No. Maybe. I mean, has a case. Maybe. But... I'll give him. I'll, I'll give him like he's underneath like a Jordan Poole. Yeah. yeah. But. I do. Uh, if he was, if he was front runner for six man of the year, does that make you an all star? No. Okay. No. Then no. No. Because we're talking about like, yeah, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles level, and they were like six man of the year. Like they're not all stars. They were great okay. off the bench, but yeah, not I'll all take stars. that. I'll take that. Yeah, no, so that's... this is ten players of the twenty slots from these two teams, including their bench warmers, effectively, which is absolutely wild. Harry, run us through. The top teams in the West, the teams that are dominating, leading the league, should have players. How many from each team have they got? <laughs> like one each. Yep. Nuggets have Jokic. Yep. The Grizzlies have Jar. The Pelicans have Zion, which yep. I'm like CJ McCollum. Yeah. The, the, look, the, all of these teams have people that deserve, have other deserving yep. people. I'm not just picking on CJ McCollum. Yeah. Uh, the Mavs have Luca. Which honestly is kind of fair. Which is, okay, yeah, that's, that <laughs> that's might be fair. fair. Yep. The Kings have no one. Mm, <laughs> which yeah. I feel like Fox at least. or um, At least Sabonis or Fox. Yeah. Sabonis is leading the league in rebounds while contributing a huge step up in points. Fox is, bo- yeah. Alright, don't get me started. Don't get me started <laughs> on how trash the Kings are. Which uh, How the, good the Kings are this season. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Come I mean, on. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm they're, playing, the look, they're playing great. I gotta stand up for they're them. They're playing good. They're fifth in the West above the Clippers, who, by the way, are meant to be the top in the West this season, according to betting odds. So, just saying the Kings are Clippers? being lost. Yeah, they, they, the Clippers are meant to be top. I need to bet on this stuff. <laughs> Honestly, I've, I could have told you instantly the Clippers weren't going to be yeah. number one. Uh, that year that the Lakers didn't make it, I really, I could have made so much yeah. money. And then the Clippers have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, which mm. the other day against, uh, where's my, where's my stat? Where's my stat where they played against the, the Nuggets and they were, they had th- uh, at halftime, they were combined, Three from sixteen Ooh. for nine points. Ooh. Yeah, so they haven't they haven't had the best seasons either. So, all right, pretty much the point I'm trying to get to. This is where the hot sauce kicks in. We've we've heard the voting stats. This is what I think, and this is going to be a spicy take and then a bit of reasoning behind it. Okay. So okay. first of all, how do you fix this? I think that 
fans shouldn't vote on the all-star game okay okay now i know this sounds wild because obviously important things are like the engagement of fans this is the celebration mid-season you want the fans to be involved you want to feel them like part of the you're experience. insane ben fair enough what we do about the fans <laughs> um but i have reasoning behind this because a i think you have a lot of players that are snubbed because they're not the most flashy they're not the biggest market teams they're they pretty much get snubbed when their performance has been incredible um and secondly I think there's another way you can get fans involved. And this is my proposition. I think fans should vote. Propose to me. And in fact, I think fans should get the only vote and not the media or the the coaches or anything like that. I think the All-Star Game dunk contest, the Rising Stars, things like that, the Skills Challenge, three-point contest, the fans should get to vote on that. Because that, you don't need to be the biggest star. You can be Austin Reeves and be in the three-point contest. And it doesn't doesn't matter. You don't have to be an all-star except, caliber player. Except no one wants to show up to the, all, the dunking contest because it's so inconsistently scored. But this is why I think the fans should get votes as well. Because we've had in the re- most recent years, like we've had a few guys that have been pretty fire. But we haven't had the best dunkers in my opinion. No no shade thrown. But no, no. They, but they, that's because they don't want to show up. Yeah, we've, we've, it's, we've had a drop down. I think if, if you could get the fans voting on this and get some actual players they want to see in the dunk contest, you would have some of the craziest, most memorable dunk contests. You used to have MJ and stuff in these. Now, obviously, yeah, you don't want to risk injury for your stars, but... No, no, it's not even that. It's the, it's the, it's the scoring. Yeah, they I need guess to fix the scoring no system. To, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the second part. If they can fix the scoring, maybe this would work. Okay. But so, that's what I propose. All-star. So what? So all-star voting is what? It should be based on, like, maybe coaches and media have some in- input, but there needs to be, like, a point-based, like, actual stats and, like, performance. Because if you play your heart out, have a fire season... You can still get snubbed because you're not in the biggest market, notably the Kings players. So, okay, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm suggesting. So, okay. It's that, a bit bit wild, but... <laughs> let's just... Okay, let's just pull up um, just for fun. So, using this... Where are my stats? Using this method, yep. let's just go with offensive leaders, okay? Because generally defensive players don't get into the all-star game that much except maybe go <laughs> it's predominantly so, all-around play okay so that means like we'd have luca Embiid, Giannis, sga tatum yeah that could but then like so like jar probably deserves it but like what if you run out of positions well see this is why it's partially stats partially still coaches and media because mm. these guys are the experts the, look the media makes some dumb calls don't get me wrong but i think they have better opinions than fans who are just voting for whoever they like like and then, austin Reeves and, and kevin looney what, like. what makes you an all-star i mean look that's a tough question i suppose we could take ages talking about this but i think it's a lot of it is stats I think or is it individual is it performance, also a but team is part of it as well. So does that mean like Laurie Markin's in the top twenty? Should he be an all star? Depends on how the Jazz are going. I think that's part of it. Like his stats are decent enough, but then I think you have to look at how the team's going as well. So if the Jazz are bottom of the league, then no, I don't think he should necessarily be an all star. Um, but look, yeah, I think if, even if you went off stats alone, you end up with a much more balanced. Uh, outcome mm. i think team wise uh you don't end up and look wiggins last season seemed crazy he was an all-star starter but it kind of ended up being deserved because in the playoffs he was on fire but you don't end up with this just f- influx of votes just from these fan bases that are wild like golden state lakers t- things like that okay. uh, so no shade to fans because look you obviously got to back your guys you got to got to support your team and voting is fun but 
it's how it's rough when when certain markets absolutely dwarf others. Yeah, exactly. Because Sacramento probably not one of the biggest fan bases. Understandably, sixteen year drought from the playoffs, but they've been having a great season. They should at least have one player representing them. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll yeah. give you that. I'll give you that. I I don't have a perfect solution. Yeah. Maybe. I've just thought of this on the fly, but maybe you have a cap on how many people from each team. Perhaps. Could, like, what if you did, like, a max three? So, like, if there was, like, like several good players that they have the opportunity, but then you wouldn't be ridiculously giving six people. It's not a bad idea. The only only thing I could think of is if you had a team that genuinely had four all-star caliber players, yeah. but that's so rare that it wouldn't happen that much. I think so. also the other problem is, is that the media can evil and get people that they want in as well that is true look the media honestly have some pretty questionable takes as well russ russ or ad will make it just for being in the lakers and being yeah i'm calling it now one of those two will make it i don't think either of them deserve it yeah but that's why i think a balance of stats to back it up with the media opinion as well possibly if ad and russ don't have the stats that doesn't even put them in the conversation so yeah just just a thought uh i guess Put your comments if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube. Put a comment below. Contact us. See what, see what you think would be a good suggestion. How do you fix this? Yeah. How do you fix we it? We like to try and fix the league every yeah. so often. Because obviously, when we come around to actual announcement time for the All Stars, it'll be more balanced. But we're not going to see Kevin Looney look, starting. But look, Austin Reeves isn't going to make it. No. AC but, didn't make it. And I think AC yeah. uh, Alex Caruso is way more popular than Austin Reeves ever was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, just some thoughts. We will see how it goes. But yeah. yeah, let me know what you think of that hot, crazy. hot. Look, I think at the end of the day, I think the all something about how the all stars are selected needs to be tweaked. Yeah, because it seems a bit more of a popularity contest than an actual reflection of how they're playing that season. So, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. This is episode thirty-seven of the Hoopinions NBA podcast. Please give us a like. Thanks, mom, my girlfriend, and my girlfriend's mom for listening. <laughs> really appreciate it. Check us out on TikTok, uh, on Insta when we get that going, on YouTube. Uh, look us up, Hoopinions. And yeah, stay in touch. There is so much going on. We're going to keep you posted and have a good one.